Hello to all our listeners. Today we will be studying the 13th chapter of Ilkhoti Surah Bi'ah, which deals with the different conditions um, for proselytes, Gerim, entering Judaism. Halakha al, a very interesting chapter. There are three conditions for a... There were three things that with them, the nation of Israel entered the covenant with God. Um, and they are Mila, Berit Mila, and Tebila, in a ritual bath that we did, and Korban, and bringing a specific Korban. Mila, Halakha Bet, Hayita, Bimisraim. The Mila was done to us in Egypt, as it says in the Pasuk, that no Arel, an uncircumcised person, should eat from the Korban Pesach that we did in Egypt. And Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who did Mila on all these people who had to eat the Korban Pesach, because they all didn't do Berit Mila except. Shevet Levi, when they were in Egypt, in the time that the Jewish people were enslaved in Egypt, they did not perform Berit Milah, except for Shevet Levi, who did perform Berit Milah. And this it says on the, um, uh, on the, um, when Moshe Rabbeinu blessed Levi before his death, he said about Levi, that they, so to speak, um, protected the covenant with God all the time, even when they were in Egypt, even though when they were slaves. Um, Gimel Utvila Hayetaba Midbar Kodama Tan Torah and the Tevila was done in the desert before receiving the Torah. As it says in the Pasuk Shinamarvikdashtam Hayomu Mahalvich Besusim Lotam it says in the Pasuk and they shall um uh, c- c- clean themselves or, or purify themselves today and tomorrow and clean and um, um, clean or um uh, wash their clothing. And we see here that they did some sort of tevila before um Accepting the covenant with God. And Korban was done on their behalf um, on, via Na'ale bin Israel, certain young um, uh, men or children, young people um, from Bin Israel that did the Korbanot, that did Korbanot on behalf of all of the people. And there we see here that there were three elements to Israel entering the covenant. The first one is Milah, the second is Tevilah, and the third is Korban. And therefore, halacha dalit, v'chen ledorot, k'sheyiseh ha-goy l'ikanes l'berit u'l'stofef t'achat k'alfei ha-shechina v'kabel alav al-Torah, sarich mila u'tbila v'arsat korban v'im nekeba hi tebila v'korban. And so, also for the generations, um, when a non-Jew wants to enter the covenant of the Jewish people and be under k'anfei ha-shechina, be under the, the, the Jewish people, he must and re, re, accept upon himself the Torah. He needs to do mila and tebila and give a korban. Give a korban in Beit Hamikdash. Vim nekevahi tevila v'korban. If she's a um, uh, female, then she needs to do tevila in a korban because obviously there's no female circumcision. Shene emar kachem kager, as it says in the pasuk, like you, like a ger. In other words, the same way you did, so also a ger should do when entering the Jewish people when he wants to become a proselyte. Ma atem be milah utvila v'arsat korban. If a ger l'dorot be milah utvila v'arsat korban. The same way you, yeah, I, I, I just explained that. Halacha he umahu korban a ger. And what is the korban that a ger brings? Olo olat behemau shetetorim or shenebe neyonau shnehem ola ekor. Korban by the name of Ola, which is a specific type of Korban, which goes all the way up to the Shemaim. The whole Korban gets burnt on the Mizbeach, on the altar. And in our days, when we don't have Bet HaMikdash, we don't have the Temple, um, and there's no way to bring Korbanot, the Ger, the problem of entering Judaism, it is, he does, it is sufficient for him to do Mila and Tebila, and he will bring the Korban when he, when Bet HaMikdash is built, when the temple is built. A goy, who is, um, uh, 
who wanted to enter Judaism and become a proselyte, who did milah and did not do tebilah, or did tebilah and did not do milah, he is not considered to be a proselyte, not considered to be under the Jewish people, part of the Jewish people. Until he does both of those, he needs to do milah and tebilah. And the tebilah he does has to be in front of three people, and three people in Jewish law is considered to be like a betin, considered to be a small court. And therefore this tebilah is really has to be done in front of a small court, um, and if it's not done this way, we'll see that this tevilah, this, this uh, tevilah that this person does not, does not consider him to be a Jew, does not consider him to be under the Jewish people of Prazolit. Because this thing of tevilah for a ger needs a bedin, hence the three people, the three people are considered to be a bedin, a small type of bedin in Jewish law. So because of that, we can, the tevilah should not be done on Shabbat, or on Yom Tov, or at night, and all because all these times are times in which the Bedin is supposed to be inactive. However, if they did Tebilah on this person nevertheless, although they transgressed by being open at the time that they weren't supposed to be opened, nevertheless this person is still considered a proselyte because he did Tebilah, a valid Tebilah in front of three, three people. A young, uh, young boy under the age of 13, um, is done tebila'an on the, with the consent, really, a boy under the age of 13, the his consent is not considered his own consent. So when the tebila is done on him, it is done with the consent of the bedin because it is a zechut to him, it is a um, good thing for him. So the consent, therefore, could be done through the bedin for him to do this. Um, a pregnant woman who became a, a giyoret, who became a proselyte and did tebila. Her son does not need tevila because he is a ger like her. Continuation of al chazain tabal beno lebin asmo vinit ger beno lebin asmo vafilu b'tneshinayim no ger. Somebody who did tevila between himself alone with no witnesses and did, and became a ger between himself with no witnesses, even if he had two witnesses and not three. In other words, he did not have a court, small court. He is not considered to be a proselyte. Even if he comes and says, I became a ger, I, um, I, I became a proselyte in this person's betin, in this person's court, and they did tebilah on me, he is not, we don't believe him to, to his, his, um, that he's a proselyte until he brings the witnesses, uh, we don't allow him to intermarry into Judaism until he brings the witnesses that saw him um, uh, do tebilah. Somebody was married to a Jewish woman or to a proselyte, female proselyte, and he has children from this woman. And then he says, yeah, I did gerut between me and myself. In other words, now this is not a valid gerut, obviously. Um, but he says it himself. So we trust him to take himself out of gerut. But we don't trust his word to take his children out of Judaism, and he has to go and do tabilah and bedin, but his children don't. Halachat tit, because he's married to a Jewish woman or to a female proselyte. So the children still are Jewish. There's no, we, as we said earlier in the previous chapter, where the children go after the mother in Judaism, um, and therefore in, in, in Jewish law with Jewish people, and therefore the children here do not lose any of their um, uh, stature. Somebody 
getting people that we see proselytes that we see them uh, a female that she um, acts in the ways of the Jewish woman the Jewish people that all the time and she's very uh, she like for example that she does to be lafernida or that she does afrashatruma um, takes out certain amount of uh, dough when she makes bread etc or a male proselyte that we see him acting with the misvot performing the misvot um, in a proper manner all these people are considered by Jewish law to be Gerasidic, and their hazaka is, their, their, we consider them to be Jewish, we don't need more proof than that. Even though there are no witnesses to witness in front of who they did the giyur. And although that is the case, we consider them to be Jewish, um, and we'll give them an aliyah on the Torah if we need to, etc., um, once they want to marry into, into the Jewish people, they need to bring witnesses about their tevilah that they in fact are Jewish. However, somebody who comes and says that he was a going to Giyud in the Bedin um, uh, is Ne'eman. We trust him. Why? Because we say the mouth that disallowed him is the same mouth that allowed him. I will explain. A person is reliable his word we trust his word to allow to um uh, to testify that he himself was supposed to be disallowed on something and now he's allowed because this disallowance isn't really there anymore because he didn't have to testify from the get-go that he was disallowed from anything and therefore um we trust his testimony on this because if he wouldn't have said anything he would have also we would have allowed him but in what case are these things um valid in the land of Israel and in those days in the olden times and when we say we're talking about the time in which the hand of Israel is above the hand of the Goyim in other words that we're strong that we have um, uh, autonomy an autonomous um, state in Israel sounds like today um, uh, and that oh, not yeah I mean and, 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 and that the most of the people living in Israel are Jewish However, in, out of Israel, you need to bring, the person needs to bring a proof that he is in fact a proper ger, and only then can he marry a Jewish woman. And Harambam says, this is his Pesach now, that this is Ma'ala Bayyihusim. What is Ma'ala Bayyihusim? So, I'm going to give my explanation it may be, it may not be, you may not all agree with this explanation, but this is the way I understood the halakha. When he says, he's saying that in this regard, Israel um, is, so to speak, above, out of Israel um, uh, in the sense of marriage. And Yehusim, Yehusim means um, family tree, you know, when you um, check, check somebody's family, family history to see if he's Jewish or not Jewish or where he's from, whatever, where his family's from. Um, so in that regard, Israel... The land of Israel is in the time in which most of Israel is most of the people living there are Jewish and it has an autonomous state um, is above out of Israel. This is the way I understood this. I may be wrong, and I did not see any other way to understand it. So I would love to hear comments on that. The same way we do um, mila. And tebila for um, uh, the gerim, 
In other words, we do milah and tebilah for people that want to enter Jew- Judaism. We also have to do milah and tebilah. That way we also do milah and tebilah on non-Jewish slaves that want to, that are taken and enter um, and become slaves of Jews. Somebody who took a non-Jewish slave from the from the non-Jews and the slave before being done on him went and did tevilah to become a ben Horim, he kana asmo. What do I mean kana asmo? He became a Jew, um, a, 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 a Jew. In other words, he would need to pay the owner. What happened? The slave did something, did a trick. He, so I'll continue the halakha. Kana asmo So somebody non-Jewish wanted to sell a Jew a slave. And this slave that was going to be sold by this non-Jewish person to this Jew, before being sold, jumped into the mikveh and said, I'm doing this tebilah to become a Jew. Okay? To become a prosolyte. Now, he becomes ben Horin. He becomes a, um, a Jew, a regular Jew that is free. And obviously he can't be sold as a non-Jewish slave to a Jew from a non-Jew um, if he's a Jew already. And therefore, um, uh, he has to pay his value so to speak, to the person that was going to buy him um, because of what he did. And if he did Tevilah, after he was bought, he did Tevilah in the presence of his owner, his Jewish owner, he doesn't even need to, without the consent of his owner, in other words, saying, in other words, before his owner managed to do Tevilah on him, he did his own Tevilah, um, then also he, is a, he becomes free and um, is not a slave anymore. And therefore, And therefore, when the slave owner is present, or, or, or when the slave of a slave owner is being done to Vilan for the purpose of slavery, the slave owner must have his hands on the slave when the slave is doing the tevilah, so to speak. So he's pushing him into the water that he's... An, 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 an action of buying, an action of taking, so to speak, that he is his slave. And Ayavid only does tevilah in front of three in order to become a full-fledged, full-fledged slave, like just like a regular proselyte, and has to be in the daytime just like a regular proselyte. When the Ayavid is freed, he needs to do another Tebilah in front of three in the daytime. Of course, not on Shabbat and Yom Tov. With this, he will fully enter Judaism. Because a slave, he enters this middle, he, he, so to speak, in a middle ground. He's not a non-Jew, he's not a Goy, but he's not fully Jewish. He's not fully um, obligated to, do all the, to perform all the Mitzvot. However, when he leaves slavery... He cannot go back to be a goy, and he will. In, he becomes a Jew, a proselyte Jew, and therefore he has to. But he, before, in order for him to become a proselyte Jew, he needs to do another tevilah in front of three. Excuse me, in front of three witnesses, um, and then he'll he'll be a full fledged Jew. And they don't need to retell him the different main um, fundamental precepts of Judaism when he does this tevilah like they would do for a ger because already when he did the tevilah for, to become a slave, they did this to him. This is what they were supposed to do. 
הלכה י"ג לובה מגבי הקשלת בלנידה, שם מדבילים את הגילים ואת העבדים ואת המשוחררים, וכל דבר שחוסס בנידה, חוסס בגילים ועבדים ומשוחררים. And in the same type of kosher מקווה, in the same type of valid, I'm not going to use the word kosher, same type of valid מקווה, that, you, that a um, נידה woman has to do תבילן, in other words it has to be a perfect מקווה, ארבעים שאה, etc. We do tev- uh, the gerim and the avadim and the people leaving slavery do tevila and anything that is hoses, anything that is um, considered to, to be covering for a woman in, in, in tevila for nida that she has to take off, that she would have to take off in order to do tevila, a proper tevila for nida. Also, these people, um, gerim, avadim and mishtaharirim um, have, have to take these things off as well. These things are considered hosesim for them in this tevila. הלכיות ד' ואל יעלה על דעתך ששמשון המושיע את ישראל. This is very interesting. This, um, these following הלכות are fascinating. So, אל יעלה על דעתך ששמשון המושיע את ישראל או שלמה מלך ישראל ידידיה. נשאו נשים נוכליות בגאיותן. Don't think that שמשון and שלמה המלך married foreign women that were still גויות, that were still non-Jewish. Rather, the secret of the matter is like this. When somebody asks, when somebody, um, uh, so to speak, um, uh, sh- shows his consent to become a ger, to become a proselyte, we ask him to see what his cons- why he has such a consent, why he wants to become a ger. We check. Maybe he wants to do it because he wants money. Maybe he wants it because he's going to receive some sort of sum of money. Maybe he wants to do it because he's going to receive um, some sort of respect of sorts. That, or he's scared of, of, of outer nations. He wants to enter the Jewish people so he could be under our protection. Any of these things are considered improper consents. And if he's a male, we check that maybe he has a, he has a, a hidden consent, a hidden reason to become a Jew, that he wants to marry a Jewish woman. A specific Jewish woman. And if it's a woman, maybe she wanted to marry one, a specific Jewish male, and then her consent is not a pure consent. However, I'm, I'm saying this. Uh, uh, side note. Nevertheless, they're considered Jewish once they were done giuran. They're considered proselytes, even if their consent wasn't a pure consent. I'm continuing. And if we don't find any side consent, any reason for them to have wanted to enter Gerut that is not a pure reason for them to enter Judaism. We tell them about the difficulty of performing and of, of being obligated to perform all the precepts of the Torah, to be under the Torah, under the laws of the Torah, under the covenant of the Torah, um, to so to speak, turn them off, get them out of this desire that they have to enter Judaism. In, right. If after all these two, after these two stages, after checking their consent, that is a pure consent, that there's no side consent, and after letting them know about the difficulty of performing, of the obligation of performance of the Torah and the Misvot, they still want to become proselytes. And Haramam uses the interesting word, Hazeru, came back. Just like the same word that he uses when a Jew repents okay so this word is it's a very interesting word it's not exactly repentance because they're not repenting because they're entering Judaism they're, they're, they're going up a stage in life but Adam uses the word repent nevertheless so if they repented from love we see that they're repenting from love that they want to enter Judaism from love and they want to become proselytes from the love for the Judaism as it says in the Pasuk um, uh, we receive them as it says in the Pasuk in the book of Ruth and Naomi 
when Naomi was coming back to Eretz Israel, she had her two in-laws, her, her, her two um, uh, her, her her two sons, her two deceased sons' wives with her, who were non-Jewish. They were Moabiot, and she saw that Ruth. It says in the pasuk, in Naomi saw that Ruth was um, uh, very much working hard to stay with her. And therefore, she stopped talking to her. And we see from this explanation of Arambam that apparently, already from the beginning of the book of Ruth, this is a nice point, already from the beginning of the book of Ruth, um, she was, um, uh, she did giur. She was considered a proselyte before even leaving Moab. That, that's just an interesting point. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe this was just her consent. I don't know. I'm not uh, getting into that. That, that, that. that could be seen later. That could be seen in the commentators on the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse 18. Halachat etvav. And therefore, let's go back to our question. So the question was, what was the status of the woman that Shimshon and Shalom HaMelech married? Were they Jewish? Were they not Jewish? They weren't Goyot, although it says in the Torah that they were Goyot. So Shimshon and Shimshon Agibor, who did so many wondrous things for Am Yisrael or Shalom HaMelech, who was, we know he was one of the very virtuous, he was a very smart man and a virtuous person. He has three books written on his name in the Tanakh. The only person to have that, by the way. So what is their status? They married Goyot? How could, we can't say that they married Goyot. So what, what was behind this? So they did get root on these women, but they were still called Goyot. Why? Because we said that their consent needs to be a pure consent. In the days of David and in the days of Shalom, they did not accept proselytes into the Jewish people. Because in the days of David, it could be that they were, they were entering Judaism from the fear of David's wondrous army, of David's strong and powerful army. And in the days of Shalom, maybe they, their consent was an impure consent because they wanted to um, uh, receive from the goods of the great kingdom of Shalomah. Because any Jew, any, any Goy that enters Judaism, that repents into Judaism from, for any reason, for any side reason, is not considered to have entered Judaism, is not considered to get Sedek. And nevertheless, even though the Bedin, even though the main court of Israel did not want to accept Gerim, did not want to accept proselytes in the days of Shalom and David, still many um, per- private Batedinim got together and Turned, people, turned non-Jews into proselytes, turned Goyim into proselytes. And when the main Batedinim heard about this, they did not immediately annul this proselytcy, this Gerut, but rather they weighed and they did not immediately accept them into the midst of Judaism to marry, intermarry, etc. But rather they waited to see if these proselytes, proselytes that were done, the process of becoming a proselyte in these private Batedinim, in fact, these proselytes were um, acting upon their Judaism. If not, if yes, and if not, obviously they would be thrown out. And because Shalom did do giur on the woman that he married, and we know that these women that, did, that were done giuran for Shalom and Shimshon were done giuran not from a pure consent of purely wanting to enter Judaism, but rather they had a derived a certain benefit from entering Judaism, hence um, the benefit being marrying Shalomon or Shimshon. 
ולא על פי בית דין גיירום, and her giyur wasn't done with the consent of the main court, rather with a private court of three. Hashavana katuv ke'illu hen goyot. The scripture called, um, named them as though they were goyot. The scripture referred to them as though they were non-Jewish. And that they are as though they were still disallowed to be in marital relations with Shimshon and Shalomah. ועוד, שהוכיח סופן התחילתן שהן עובדות עבודה זרה שלהן ובנו להן במות ועלה עליו הכתוב כאילו הוא בלען שנאמר אז יבנה שלמה במה. And furthermore, the end, what ended up happening from these women that שלמה did גיורן was not a positive outcome, the outcome was a negative outcome and we see this clearly in the book of מלכים פרק י"א, פרק י"א, sorry, book of מלכים א', פרק י"א, we see that these women did not end up performing The precepts, they did not end up really um, uh, acting upon their Judaism and, um, and, and, and performing the precepts in a proper way. Rather, they were doing Abu Dazara. And that's why when these women ended up building for themselves worship houses for Abu Dazara, the book refers to the builder of these houses of worship for Abu Dazara, for, foreign, for idol worship, as those Shalomo who built them. They refer to Shalomo as the person who built them, even though he didn't, maybe he didn't necessarily build them. But nevertheless, because of these, the scandal or, or this sort of improper thing that was done with these women, although they were Jewish, from the, from the point of view of marriage, they were still, um, uh, it, was consider, it was considered that Shalomo built them, or, or it was in his name, the building of these temples, because of their improper consent. Halakha Yudzayin. גר שלא בדקו אחריו או שלא הודיעו המצוות ועונשן ומעל וטבל בפני שלושה ידיעות הרי זה גר, a גר that they didn't check his consent, a גוי that they didn't check his consent and they did not tell him what the precepts are etc and their um, uh, and their onashim and their different um, uh, punishments were and he did מילה and he did תבילה in front of three הדיותות three regular people that weren't of a special בדין weren't חכמים He is still a proselyte. And even though, even if we find out that he had a specific consent for his gerut, for his giyur, once he did milah and tevilah, we take it very seriously, and he's not considered a goy, and we wait to see what his consent was. Even if this goy, who entered Judaism and became a ger, ended up, doing, ended up going and doing Abu Dazara, he's still considered like a Jew that fell off, that went off the path, Yisrael Meshumad, who's Kiddushin or Kiddushin, who when he does Kiddushin to a woman, is Kiddushin or considered valid Kiddushin, thus um, uh, obligating him to give, uh, obligating the Bedin to cause him to give a get, a divorce contract to this woman because he's a Meshumad. And also, um, uh, he, you ha- it's a misvah to give back his, any lost object that he, any object that is lost that it was his, You, it's a misfat to give it back to him. Because once he did tebilah, he becomes a Jew. He becomes like a Jew. And therefore, Shalomon Shimshon did stay with their woman, even though that their secret was revealed. What do I mean by secret being revealed? That their giyur wasn't a full pure consent giyur. They had some sort of side benefit from doing this giyur. And that is, so to speak, their secret. Uh, and because of this situation that happened with Shalom Shimshon, the sages said, the rabbis said, Gerim are um, uh, are difficult to Israel to the Jewish people like a nega sarat. Sarat is like a is a skin is a skin disease. 
Because most of the goyim, although you think their consent is pure, they're really becoming getting for a certain impure consent. And it's very difficult to um, uh, further ourselves from them once they become gerim. Another gerim, we can't really, they're not Jews anymore, they're not goyim anymore, they're most definitely not considered goyim anymore, and therefore it's a very, serious, it's a very precarious situation. Go and see, look and see what happened in the desert with Heta Aigel, with the worshipping of the golden calf in, in, right after Matan Torah, right after the receiving the Torah, and in Kibrota Ta'ava, and when the Jewish people um, uh, became overlustful. Also, most of the um, bad calamities that, that we um, brought upon ourselves because of our behavior in, in the desert were actually done by the Asafsuf. And Asafsuf were non-Jews who connected themselves to Israel and left Egypt with the Jewish people and ended up becoming Gerim. They were like Gerim. They weren't of Jewish descent. They weren't, in fact, from the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they are the ones who ended up causing many or most of the problems of the Jewish people in the desert. And with this we finish the 13th chapter of Al-Khatis with Rabbi Abba. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.